Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hi everyone, good afternoon. Welcome to Back Chat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. Sorry for a little bit of, of background noise here. Um, but yeah, how are you? I hope you're having a good day wherever you are. It's very hot here in the UK. It's cooled down a little bit. Yesterday was terrible. Um, but yes, we are just about surviving here in in the heat of course and today I've got an interview guest I've got um, the lovely Andrea from SSOL and she's going to uh, tell us all about what that is some brilliant um, scoliosis education programs actually that I have taken myself as well so I'm really excited to talk to her but if you are here live um, those of you who come regularly, you know this. You can use the chat box here. Um, feel free, because obviously today as well, Andrea is, is she's the expert. So um, if you've got any questions for her, you know, maybe we cannot um, answer very, very specific questions all the time that are specific to you, um, but she will definitely um, do her best to answer your questions. So feel free to take advantage of that, take advantage of the chat box. It makes it more fun, makes it more interesting for everyone. Um, but before I bring her on, um, just a little reminder, we've got four days left in the summer sale for um, 21 days, Love Your Spine, which is my little online course. It's a nice little bite-sized practice. Um, you get um, a very a short video every single day for 20 day, 21 days just to get yourself into a habit of practicing, moving, um, doing something great for your spine. So you can get this at the moment for 20 pounds off, which is great. And that's the only time I'm doing this, just one week in the summer. And the, the link is in the description below. Good, so I can see there's a few of you coming in here now. So again, feel free to introduce yourself um, in the chat and tell us where you are. Um, is it hot? Is it cold? <laughs> That's the question today. And let us know if you have any questions for Andrea. Good. So let me bring her on right now. Hi, Andrea. I mean, I, I kind of I didn't give you a, a huge introduction because I, I feel like um, um, I, I read all your bio, obviously, and it's, it's you know, there's so many things, and it's very, very, very impressive. Um, but you obviously you're you're a physiotherapist, you're a Schroth therapist, and I think you have a few different from a different schools or different Barcelona mm -hmm. and the Germany one. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good. let me know if you want me to um, talk about my past or if you rather just have questions and I'm happy to answer, happy to be here with everyone. 
Yeah, I think it would be great just to to know a little bit about how you kind of got into this field, because it's obviously very, very specific. Um, and yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about your journey and your, your personal experience um, with scoliosis and then how this has kind of led you to helping others. Okay, well, thank you for having me. And my journey started at age 12, like most of the adolescent idiopathic scoliosis patients, uh, when I was diagnosed with scoliosis during a school screening in Europe. And uh, from then on, I was transferred to an inpatient uh, uh, hospital where I was five weeks doing exercises four to six hours uh, a day. And um, it was very interesting because we were attached, the, the spine unit was attached to the polio unit. So I was able to help other patients right away. So I think at that point I decided I'm going to be a physiotherapist. Oh, wow. <laughs> and mm. so uh, since then, uh, my career was just, just going towards that. I became a, a pediatric nurse first and then became physiotherapist uh, at first, uh, my thesis was in cystic fibrosis. So I was very interested in the lung function. And uh, it continued on to orthopedics and recognizing the need that um, when I moved to Canada, we don't have school screening here. We don't have um, conservative treatment here back in the 1980s. And um, having four children, I recognized that nobody is really screening them either. So. I started to uh, promote uh, scoliosis screening in 2005, six, seven, uh, and people were interested in scoliosis screening at that time, but they was not medically supported uh, to screen scoliosis. So uh, mm. doctors are not mandated here to screen and the schools are not screening. So if you're lucky, your doctor might screen you if not, then we're falling through the cracks as 32% uh, of Canadian children, unfortunately, diagnosed late when the curve is over 45 degrees. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started promoting scoliosis awareness. And of course, uh, um, when I received patients, I wanted to make sure I educate myself to the max. So I went to Germany, I went to Barcelona, I went to Italy <laughs> and and France, and I I learned many uh, PSSE methods mm -hmm. and using them um, every day in my practice. I have a small clinic where I see patients here in in Ottawa, Canada. Right, lovely. So mm -hmm. so you mentioned you've got uh, you've got four children. Um, how how old are they now? Oh, they are right. older. <laughs> They're, so they're adults now, right? Adults. No, I'm just I'm just wondering if if there was obviously because you you recognize the importance of screening. Do they have scoliosis? Was there ever kind of a time where you were worried about it? So I screen them, I think, on a daily basis. <laughs> Still, <laughs> when you have when you have scoliosis and you know that it's inheritable, it's mm -hmm. it's something you do. I went into their schools to educate. Uh, at the classrooms on, on scoliosis, as well as uh, I do have, uh, um, I would say uh, out of the four, uh, three of them scoliotic type of posture or, or mild scoliosis. So they were uh, immediately <laughs> instructed in certain ways of sitting, certain ways of, of moving and, 
and activities. So very lucky in a way because we ended up with no progressing uh, uh, or large curves in the family. Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. So um, as you're nicely kind of leading us into into this. Um, I mean, these are the these are the questions we we get all the time. But because I think everyone recognizes that it's fine, you know, it's great if you do your your exercises or even if you've got your Schwoz program and you're doing this. Um, but what what about the rest of the day, right? What what about the the 23 hours that you're not doing your your exercises? Um, should we maybe kind of go through the the different ones? Um, in the different part of the day in terms of activities or well, different yeah, I'm I'm just thinking of you know I think number one is probably sitting because most unfortunately <laughs> that's <laughs> what that's what most of us do and probably even those uh, those of you who are watching right now um, you're probably sitting down I would imagine is is there anything that we can do to uh, that matters for our scoliosis yes for sure i mean uh, if uh, if you're coming to a first visit we probably spend most of the time on the positions your favorite positions and what mm -hmm. your everyday activities and everyday positions are sitting is a huge one and nobody should be sitting too long <laughs> as we're probably gonna sit too long through here yeah and uh uh, I myself, I'm on a stationary bicycle most of the time when I'm I'm okay. teaching or, or doing something else. But today I did sit down just to be sure. <laughs> and so sitting is is a problem. It's like secondhand. It's like smoking. It's like you hear all kinds of bad things about sitting. And mm -hmm. when you're sitting, it's very important to know your own anatomy, not just in terms of scoliosis, but according to the kyphosis and the lordosis you have. You have to know your um, postural uh, favorite positions and, and, the, and the curvature if you have any scoliosis. How is the curvature behaving when you're sitting and how is your pelvis behaving when you're sitting? And all details you have to uh, observe, acknowledge, change and correct. Mm -hmm. And it's important at all times to manage the sagittal profile that's the most important so just like okay. myself i have a little pillow here in a lumbar spine all the time or i sit in a way when my lordosis is supported it is very critical to have the 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 pelvis stable and a very good lordotic angle in the lumbar spine again it depends on your own anatomy mm -hmm. and when you have your when you have your knowledge, when you have your information and education on it, you're definitely going to be able to manage your sitting. Now, yeah. let's say you go sitting in a restaurant, sitting at home at the computer, sitting in the school desk. It's all different surfaces to sit on, all different angles to sit on. So you're going to have to really understand what you need to carry with you, what sweater, hat to fold it up to, to manage your and support your anatomy. Mm. And I find that is the challenge for everyone because we are on the go. Um, so I always encourage to prepare whatever support you need into certain positions. If you're mm. going on um, a trip, uh, you make sure that you 
either carry with yourself a good rolled up sweater, which you already tried out, or using one of those little pillows they hand out, <laughs> or the blankets, or anything you can make your anatomy supported, your lumbar lordosis yeah. supported. So yeah. that, that's number one. I think whether you have scoliosis or not, that you so have So Satchitil, sorry to interrupt you because you're you're yeah, speeding through it. You're speeding yes. through it. Um, Satchitil, uh, you know, just to clarify for everyone means from the side, right? So we, we have to make sure that um that that's okay first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna be your little your oh, your model yes. <laughs> right so that that will not end up i would imagine that's what you mean right that's that will not end would up not be very good for you no that would not be very good <laughs> and then i'm also i'm hugging my knees yes. here <laughs> yeah so all those are, are positions which are favorite positions sometimes for teenagers for adults or habitual positions, mm -hmm. and we might need to uh, check that and relearn that uh, with supports or active muscle memory. So that's a big, uh, big, uh, very important step for most of most of us. Everyone, mm -hmm. unfortunately, office chairs, car seats. They're not yes. one fit for all. So you I know. was gonna say, yeah. I mean, Laura is asking about a flight, right? She's taking an eleven-hour flight, um, and uh, I mean, I, I I haven't been. Well, I have been on a plane actually recently. I was gonna say I haven't <laughs> been on a plane for two years, but um, <laughs> that's not true. But they are not good, right? No. Plane seats. They're not. I mean, everyone is saying this. This is like no, this is no. this is terrible. And then, obviously, on an eleven-hour flight, yes, you can walk up and down the the aisle a little bit, but <laughs> you can't keep doing that all the time. So, is there anything, um, any yeah, advice for Laura? Yeah, it depends again on your anatomy. Like, uh, I'm a, a very straight flat back, so any any seats will push my head forward, mm -hmm. and I would not be very happy sitting there for any amount of time so depending on if you have your natural kyphosis and lordosis um, and it is somewhat supported by the seat or the headrest if not you're gonna have to fill it up according right. to your need so uh, you definitely need to take some of the props with you if you have very well established uh, pillows at home you put it in your purse if you don't have that then you you have those little pillows they hand out and blankets I like to roll up the blanket. It's a little firmer support, but sometimes I, I also put the rolled up blanket and a little pillow to fill up my gaps with, between the seat and my anatomy. So it's important that you kind of practice that at home uh, to make sure that you're not just the first time you correct yourself in an 11 hour flight because mm -hmm. you might be very uncomfortable just by having to learn those corrections as well. Yeah. So uh, practice at home, see how you can manage to align your hip, shoulder, earlobes, very simple test with a little bit of um, rounding between the shoulder blades and an arching in the lower back. Mm -hmm. So if you can manage that uh, and sit actively at first, then put in the pads which may support the same position when you relax. Mm -hmm. Now, the armrests are helpful for active yeah. self-elongation on a plane. If your neighbor doesn't mind to get their elbows off, <laughs> or you might have to push have a to little. negotiate a little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that is excellent for active self-elongation. 
you can definitely use some muscle activations so almost like a little exercise basically like, a little bit yeah. of exercise mm -hmm. it's always recommended to use your feet and your ankle movements and i remember back a few years back there were on flight little exercises for circulation as well but yeah whenever you can get up for sure standing is easier to manage your lordosis and natural you know the lateral profile and walking around is very great uh, if you can manage to get out of your seat and um, going back and forth you know pretend going to the washroom and may not stop you so it's it's important to to break that or you might want to pay for a, a higher <laughs> expensive seat where you can definitely stretch out yeah yeah unload the spine and take the loading off your spine uh, I would still use some support, but it is something which uh, which is probably very advisable uh, mm -hmm. with a long flight like that. Mm. Okay, so so this is kind of the this is the sagittal um, correction, as you say. What what about the 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 side to side problem there? Yes. Yeah, so if we have scoliosis, you don't want to load the curve. So mm -hmm. let's say if it is um, a lumbar curve, a lower back curve to the left, you yeah. definitely don't want to hang out on the armrest on the left side for the 11 hours or any time, really. Yeah. Uh, because that will increase the curvature. Again, I'm going to model this, and the yes. that is my curve as well. It's the left lumbar. So yes. this is my preferred, you know, of this would course. be hanging out into my curve, obviously. <laughs> it's always very comfortable when you're hanging out in your yeah. curve. So be suspicious if you get very comfortable. You might want to double check where how you sit. <laughs> what you're doing. So yeah. you should always be a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be controlled let me put it that way you have to control that curve because that curve always wants to increase so would you then recommend kind of hanging out on the other side not or really, just not hanging not out really. at all I, I always recommend to get to the midline it's right. easiest and, and the safest position to get your midline nose belly button aligned feet equally on the floor mm -hmm. uh, and don't get into any kind of twists and turns and side bending positions if you can avoid it, because obviously that will not help you either in a curve or the compensations of your curve or mm -hmm. the pelvis position and so on. So it's not very easy, but you can always shift your weight a little bit more towards your sitting bones, a little bit more working on the tailbone. You can go a little bit of forward, backwards. You have a little bit of movement there. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have a little bit of a sideways movement, but really in that cone shape not to go into side shifts and not to go into much rotation just because it's pretty hard to know your anatomy if you're not uh, a trained uh, uh, professional as well as to create exercises or corrections while you're traveling it's probably not your priority so it's mm. keep it in the midline keep everything in the safe midline you're loading much less when you're in midline, when you're going to the side, you're away from the center of your gravity, you're going to become more and more loading as you're further going away from the central of your gravity line and, and, the, and, the, and the, your pelvis too. So it's important to, to recognize that and, and aim for the midline. Now, you can see my head probably also not in the midline. So you can check yourself uh, often, whether it's a mirror or 
position yourself on the seat. You can feel the shoulders of the, let's say on a flight, and you're starting to hang closer to that edge of one, one of the seats or the other edge. Then you position yourself back. Same with the pelvis. Check uh, the side of the seats. Make sure you're not sitting on the left or the right side. You have to position your pelvis in the middle. And uh, and that will uh, be surprisingly, uh, uh, you have to do that many times as you slowly get out of your, your corrections. Mm. So Laura is asking about, she's asking about inflatable pillows. Uh, do inflatable pillows in my lower back um, work? Uh, the major problem is that it's a night flight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, again, don't try to practice it on a flight. Try it no. at home. <laughs> try yeah. it at home first. Uh, I have used them, but uh, I like a very firm support, so I would put a lot of air in there. Depends on you know how much. I just had a little noodle kind of pillow once, mm -hmm. depending on the shape of the pillow, depending on on the support and your anatomy, what you need. Everybody has a different uh, pelvic uh, anatomy, which requires a different curve in a lumbar spine. So you have to double check where is this pillow pushing you forward mm -hmm. too much potentially, that will be too much. Or when you can have the pillow, but you can still comfortably lean into your position and, and lose your correction. So, you have to experiment that a little bit at home just to make sure that you know exactly what to do on a flight. Obviously, the firmness of the seat, the couch, and a, and a straight-back chair is different. So then you have to learn what your uh, support uh, you need for different uh, surfaces as well. Hmm. So what? So I'm. I. What comes to mind? Well, first of all, I think Laura, a flight is never gonna be ideal. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> isn't it? It's 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 always gonna be uncomfortable unless you are in a first class uh, cabin and you have a flat bed. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's never gonna be it's never gonna be great. Let's face it. Um, but what I remember from because in in your in your course about scoliosis, which is called I always say this, it's called introductory course, but it's actually going quite deep into the topic, I have to say, isn't it? So it's uh, yes, it's 24 okay. hours in total. Um, but I remember it, I, I watched, I did, I watched it at least twice, maybe three times. And I was thinking, I think this is more than an introduction, definitely. So it, it was very, very thorough. I really enjoyed it. Um, but there was one, one class or one section of it was about, uh, sitting and 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 what kind of uh, a much more in-depth version of what we're talking about and I had always been I think it was a physiotherapist who told me before to bring something underneath one hip because my my hips are uneven you know obviously where is it coming from well it could mm -hmm. either be from leg length difference or or the scoliosis complicated topic um but I remember, I remember you saying very firmly, no, we don't put anything underneath the, underneath the pelvis to correct this. Yes, so uh, it is again goes back to uh, why, what is the pelvis doing and why is it feeling uneven or is it really uneven? Uh, mm -hmm. Is your curve pulling you out of the midline and that's why it's feeling uneven? So uh, we try not to... Um, 
use these little um, crutches uh, because it may uh, alter your um, actual corrections or the actual feeling of where you're midline. Right. And, and also to lift up the pelvis underneath your curve will increase the tightness of the lumbosacral ligament area, which uh -huh. can further just increase the curve again. So mm -hmm. we try to prevent these asymmetric supports or, or asymmetric uh, um, balances in a pelvis to help you for the future. It's mm. maybe temporary feeling a little bit easier to sit like that, or you give yourself a break to sit like that. But it long term is definitely going to create more pelvic uh, imbalance and more tightening in the lumbosacral ligaments, which could create more pulling down on your curve. So it is um, it is not really uh, suggested to do that. Okay. Now. If you need it for a second or two, you can put your hand under your pelvis or you can put your glutes back so you create yeah. your natural pillow. Now, if somebody has a, an atrophy in the glutes or if they have a pelvic anatomy different and the pelvis is not leveled, then we can definitely level up the pelvis. So often uh, adults have different uh, glute mass on the left and the right side Right. So if that creates a, a missing pillow, mm. you can get that assessed by your physiotherapist. If that is your missing pillow, then I would consider supporting it. But right. if, if you can strengthen that glute, then you can build back your pillow rather than <laughs> adding something extra. I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Create your own pillow. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So we try Good. to be close to the midline, no matter what is the position, and yeah. to especially for adults, uh, try not to uh, overcorrect or adding more little supports, which can end up causing problems down there. Giving you different problems, yes, yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, what about? Let's talk about sleeping next. I'm I'm going to move around a little bit here. <laughs> after all this talk about sitting um i think this is kind of the well we spend the most time really in our bed isn't it so uh, um is there does it matter first of all does it matter if we sleep on the right on the left on the back on the front well when you're lying down you're eliminating the gravity so that's a bonus no matter what you do lying okay. down taking the load off your spine taking the loading of the spine so that's fantastic now i am i'm trying to uh, educate all my patients use that eight hours in a good way mm -hmm. don't just be happy that you got yourself uh, uh, less uh, pressure but use it for your advantage and it depends on the age. Depends on the age, how we'd recommend the sleeping. It depends on the pelvis position, depending on the curve and the location of the curve, I would recommend the sleeping. In any case, I would always double check the lateral view of the sleeping. Let the patients will pull up the knees and curl up like a, a fetal position. Might as well change that right away. Right. To get a little bit of lordosis 
And that's already a bonus that you're maintaining the lordosis overnight. You're not really pulling the knees up and not bringing your head forward, which already you're doing potentially all day long. So uh, try to change I might, I might demonstrate. <laughs> yeah, change that position to a better uh, position. So if you're on the side. So rather than this, you're saying? Yeah. Rather than this, which is kind of bringing me into that fetal position, bringing the legs a bit further back? Yeah, that's perfect. I recommend also a pillow between the knees. And I also recommend a, 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 a fold-up towel or a rolled-up towel around the lower back. So that would be uh, like a long, long, uh, um, you know, I don't want to give Ikea a boost here, but Ikea snakes are perfect for this. Or you can get a long, yeah, that's behind me, deep, but you can try that. So that goes under your lumbar spine. So you have to get up, put the roll under the lumbar spine. Oh, I see. And okay. lie on it. So I like would this, say maybe under that's the waist. A, yeah, mm -hmm, under the waist. And you can support your curve if you have a left curve this way. Yeah. And you can support um, less if you have a, an opposite curve, so you're lying on the concave side. So right now you're lying on your left side where your curve is, right? Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. I would definitely use that roll, not touching your pelvis, but your, your lower back so above your iliacris. Yeah. That's right. And and your pillow is a little bit high underneath yeah. your head. <laughs> I would put that between the knees and put the pillow from between the knees underneath your head. So with your arm, maybe you get it around. Yeah. So that will definitely be a much better position for you to sleep with your curve, not to stretch the hip muscles, have a, a, a more even pelvis, and check if you are having a little arch in the lower back, as well as uh, making sure that your head is not too much forward, mm -hmm. not too much backwards. So if you align your heels under your glutes, that usually gives you enough uh, uh, positioning for the hips and knees to be comfortable. And you can always decide if you need more support under the curve if you are deciding to sleep on this side. Mm. To make sure that you are well aligned. You can have somebody uh, take a picture of the back while you're lying down like that. You turn the picture 90 degrees. And if you're looking even, then you are ready to sleep. Mm. So what what if I had a thoracic, a left thoracic curve that would be higher up? Now, if it's a left thoracic curve, uh, then I would flatten that pillow just very like a, a square, a little bit more flattened. And you can also put it there. But uh, normally... The blanket, you mean? Just this like one. that, yeah, just mm -hmm. a little flattened. Um, and then you can have a little support there. Right. Okay. okay. Because the rib cage is already wider, isn't it? And already reaching the, the already reaching the bed, if depending on how soft your, you know, pillow top or mattress topper is. Maybe mm. you don't have wide shoulders. It depends on your anatomy again, where I would give you support. Traditionally, mm. we ask the patients to sleep on a concave side across. Okay the other side of the curve uh, for adults if you have as yourself uh, 
let's say, sleeping on your right side because you have a left curve. Then I wouldn't need, would I still need this? You wouldn't need that support. You would be very corrected. So if you feel overcorrected, then you add a little support because this is overcorrecting you right. right now. Your pelvis is shifting more. Where is it shifting? Uh, that's your right side. You're lying on the right side. Yeah. Okay. To the left. Yeah. <laughs> that's your left side. Okay. Yeah. So now you're shifting your pelvis more to the left. And mm -hmm. and I assume that you, when you're standing in your curve, then your pelvis more on the right side. So it's a yeah. lot of overcorrection almost. Uh, if you're comfortable, you can do it. If you're not comfortable, add a little bit of the noodle or a little bit of the rolled up towel underneath your convexity again mm -hmm. to go midline if you're an adult we don't like to overcorrect adults too much so uh, okay so for this is more for if you're if you're if you're a young person under under 18 then you can overcorrect is that what you're saying well you will not be complaining too much right. <laughs> if you're okay. if you're a little bit older and you have stiff segments in the spine and you're just lying down on a on the right side in your in your case then it's with a lot of shearing forces so it might be a little bit uncomfortable after a while it's okay to have less uh, correction just towards midline mm. so i know what people are going to ask they're going to ask well what about if i have two curves <laughs> exactly so you're gonna have uh, if you're a if you're a younger person and you have a larger curve on the top and a smaller curve on the bottom, then you lie down across from your larger curve side. So if it is a right curve on the top, you sleep on the left side. No problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are um, a double curve and it's an equal size curve, we're going to have to take a look at the pelvis. Right. As well, which way it shifts. See which mm -hmm. one is the priority, a, pr a, a primary curve, and how we can position you correctly. And if you're an adult, we always make sure that you are very well aligned centrally from the lateral view, as well as, as I just explained, uh, um, be more concerned about the lumbar spine. So mm -hmm. the lower back is okay. our priority if you're an adult into looking at the corrections because that will give you more trouble in the future so right. it's a little bit of a, a different view depending on the age again the the size of the curve the pelvis position if the pelvis is going with the curve or against the curve and to figure out how to sleep that way mm -hmm. in any case to have that little noodle across around whether you roll over on your back or whether you roll over on either side, you can decide, you know, if you have the snake, the smaller part, <laughs> yeah. or the larger part to support you, depends on which way you're rolling onto your side. So, because there are some that wrap around, isn't it? Yes, they wrap around ones, uh, like a McKenzie sleeping roll. Right. Uh, most of the patients find that a little bit firm. Okay. So it's easier to make it yourself. And again, try it out yourself. Maybe you're happy with the little rolled up towel. Maybe you roll up a nice soft scarf. Uh, you may be looking at your children's closet for a nice long toy <laughs> or something soft. 
to to see what fits for your mm -hmm. lower back and what is the type of or how much support you need there. So it's mm -hmm. very individualized again. Best if yeah. you try, uh, you can get a photo made from the back. You have to see a nice even pelvis with a good support. Not to talk, not even talking about the rotational concept of it, but at least just the positioning of it. Mm. So Laura is asking about what about sleeping on the back? Is that better? Uh, sleeping on the back, I still like to support the lower back with a very right. tiny uh, support. It could be a rolled up towel and you can also support your neck with the same way. So that would be uh, probably a little too much, but That's just, for, too much. Uh, just to show everyone. Yeah, just, just roll up a little that. skinny. That's sometimes enough. Yeah, you can lie down on the back. It's often enough just to make sure that you have um, a little support in the lumbar spine and you're not necessarily going flattening the lumbar spine all night long. Mm -hmm. So just to, again, preventative. So you can have also a little support under your neck, similarly, because we have two lordotic curvatures of the spine, one in the lower back yeah. and one under your, uh, at the neck area. So you can roll that uh, as your anatomy again, maybe a little bigger or smaller, and you can bring your chin up and relax yourself in that position with two of those lordotic curvatures supported all night long. Mm. <laughs> very comfortable <laughs> <laughs> good so so that is actually that's i have i hadn't even mm, thought about it that much to put something in the in the neck mm -hmm. so that's just another idea isn't it to um to get a little bit more support isn't it because you want to sleep so you don't want to work all night <laughs> to hold your head in a and have those muscles working, you want to relax yeah. it on a nice, uh, comfortable, softer uh, pillow, let's say. Mm. I'm sure there's so many contour pillows are out there, but you can make your own. You can roll up a little towel, put it in a very flat pillow or a pillowcase and, and try to see what you need for your anatomy, for your... Yeah, I was going to say that because I, I think I tried all of them, the curvy ones, but and they're never quite right for me. Yes. Um, so it's almost better, isn't it, to, to just make your own, be a little bit creative. Make your own, and if it happens to be that you find something totally the same or similar online uh, or in a store, then you buy it. But other than that, if you don't know what you're looking for, what you need, Nobody can give you the right uh, pillow, really. Mm. So you have to try it out for yourself and see the size, see the firmness, and then you can be more equipped to buy the right thing for yourself. Yeah, we've got a few more here. There's Shalina, who's also in, in Canada. She's saying, she's just saying hello. She's in hello. Edmonton, <laughs> Alberta. And then we've got Jess in, in uh, New yeah. York as well. <laughs> Good. Okay. So I think we've, well, we've covered the sideline. I know it's, I could talk for hours with you, of course, just mindful of the time. Um, I think we're, are we okay with sleeping everyone? I think, I think we all know that sleeping on the tummy is probably not great, is it? <laughs> That's well, just... It's not going to harm your spine, 
uh, a very cursor, it's gonna be hard on your neck. On the neck, so yeah. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the problem with sleeping on the tummy. But mm-hmm. if you do sleep on a tummy, again, if you have too much lordosis, you can put a little pillow under your stomach, under your belly, uh, under your pelvis and belly to decrease that uh, increased lordosis. It's most likely maybe increased when you're on a stomach. Yeah. And if you have to sleep, try to aim the head, not completely rotated, but somehow halfway rotated. Uh-huh. So you're not straining the neck and alter the position left and right. So you're not straining your neck. You can always support your shoulders if you have the shoulders falling forward by two pillows as well. So it's not uh, not a, a, a hugely recommended position, but because it, usually what happens is that we'll have one leg yeah. out, right? Yeah. Well. And that that could be an issue. So mm-hmm. if you get both legs straight and you can put that blue pillow underneath your stomach, um, then you might be allowed to sleep a little bit. <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah, just go on, go on your stomach, yeah. And then you can aim another pillow or a wedge pillow that your head is not completely um, turned sideways. So, yeah, just to make it a wedge shape to that's right. And if you need any support for your shoulders, you can have two of the stuffed animals from your children's bedroom (laughs) or another two rolled up towels and then support the shoulders if they're falling forward towards under here or yeah yeah like falling like just right there under the shoulder and and just like that or even Mm -hmm. higher so something which can support you very well that way exactly and Mm, this is nice it's (laughs) not uh, uh you know advised a lot because it's so tricky for the neck yeah, uh, but uh, but with the proper uh, support, again, it's not impossible to manage uh, mm. a, a good night's sleep if you have to sleep on the on the tummy. Yeah, and even uh, you know when I I uh, used that cushion, I didn't have the need to bring my leg out to the side. Yes, I yes. didn't even want to. Whereas when yeah. I was lying before, I wanted to bring my leg out. So, yes, um, and what you can do is is make it a little bit longer, so it actually stops you from bringing the bringing the knee up. Uh, it's just too, too much rotation of the pelvis. In some cases, it might be the right thing to do, but uh, I try not to have uh, a position for eight hours. Let's say you fall asleep in a corrective position, and it's too much rotation, might not be comfortable in the morning when you wake up. Mm, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, just very, very briefly, because I do want to ask you about SSOL as well. Um, very briefly, standing, standing up, let's say, uh, well, I mean, standing is probably the least offensive, I would imagine, because you can <laughs> move around. But, you know, if I'm hanging out talking to the mums in school, yeah. So again, we have to check. That would probably your, be my preferred position. <laughs> we have to check all your favorite positions, mm-hmm. and clearly, whatever is your favorite position might be something uh, to correct. Uh, standing both legs equally loaded, ideally, you can always try to shift your weight on the heel or or the ball of your foot if you need a little break uh, mm. for how to stand. 
but try to have your standing position well aligned and maintaining equal loading on both feet. Um, then you have to do your pelvis corrections if you have uh, scoliosis and your curve corrections. Either you can use your hand, like in your case, you can put your right hand on your pelvis and the left hand on the lower back, and then and you can put your right hand in your pocket if you have pants on, per se, mm -hmm. and then you talk to the parents that way. And they don't even know. And they you don't, don't even know. They don't I'm... even know. You won't even know. And check your shoulders. Just make sure they are leveled. So um, nose, belly button aligned. Just a slight support to remind you of the correct positioning and try to stay that way. You can obviously weight shift uh, front and back. You can walk mm -hmm. around. You can do a lot of different things to give yourself a break, but try not to go into your curve. Yeah. So if you're bending the right knee, you're stretching more the long hip muscles as, as well as you again shortening the curved side, lumbosacral ligaments and pushing the pelvis a little bit up on the curved side. So try to avoid of these asymmetries because there's always a compensation which comes right. with it or some muscle length. Uh, imbalance. So try mm -hmm. to avoid those asymmetric postures. So even going the opposite might actually create a different problem rather than. Uh, well, yeah, don't go completely the opposite because mm -hmm. that would create an overcorrection. And yeah. let's say if you create an overcorrection, there will be something above or below to keep you midline. It's an it's another another compensation. So try to maintain the midline whenever you possibly can. Mm -hmm. and and get used to it look in the mirror uh always double check uh, use your hands and and try to maintain that like uh, uh um becoming a natural position for you practice 10,000 hours to be an expert and then it will be easy <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to be easy yes <laughs> still difficult isn't it <laughs> And well, needs, of course, yeah. of course, it's very difficult because you always feel more comfortable in your curve. Even for yeah. me, every time I'm, I'm leaning, 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 and have to catch myself. It doesn't stop after having scoliosis for fifty years. You still have to control the curve. So mm. uh, either you control your curve in your mind, or you use your pillows. Uh, un unfortunately, for children, we use the bracing and all other controlling devices to keep the curve from progressing. Mm. What about a back brace? Is that something you like for adults? Sorry, oh, for yeah. adults. Um, it's, a, it's a brand new topic and brand new research in adults and, and bracing. Uh, in, uh, in some cases, it's, it's the only option because surgery might not be an option anymore depending mm -hmm. on the age, depending on the bone health, depending on, on the patient's uh, other uh, conditions. So if there's no other way to keep the patient midline or sagittally aligned, then an adult might start bracing. Right. And uh, bracing adults is a lot different than bracing teenagers. We try to get the brace on for maybe two hours at a time, depending on the activity they need to do or maximum four, and mm -hmm. in, in very severe cases, uh, if they need to 
um, to have uh, their active living activities, shopping, cooking, and they cannot do any other ways but in a brace, then they might keeping it on a little bit longer just mm. to improve their quality of life. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, if there's no other way of supporting these patients. Mm-hmm. So last resort, really. Uh, yeah, but when we brace, mm-hmm. we always have physiotherapy added, scoliosis-specific right. physiotherapy to create a more and more of a muscle brace, mm. support uh, bracing at any age anyways. But uh, it is really, um, I have a couple of patients who are, you know, 80 and plus, and surgery is not an option anymore, and they're progressing. So to stop the progression or slow down the progression, they are trying out braces. It's very mm. difficult to brace adults. Uh, the rigid bracing is not so well tolerated. The soft bracing is may not be enough. So it's it's a it's a very difficult uh, topic and a yeah. treatment plan. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Um, tell us a little bit what. Um, tell us a little bit about SSOL. Obviously, I I you know talked a little bit about that um, introductory course for scoliosis, which I think is brilliant, and I think it's great um, for anyone even with scoliosis who's happy to dive deep in, <laughs> yes. and who in, enjoys um, yeah lots of lots of details. But yeah, what can we find on there? So scoliosis and uh, spine online learning started in um, really 2017, before way before COVID, and it was a very new thing then to educate online. And since the scoliosis uh, uh, professionals are are so spread out internationally, mm-hmm. it was a, a great platform for reaching uh, reaching physiotherapists. Uh, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, orthotists, doctors, surgeons, all professionals by bringing them together to one platform. So mm-hmm. we started the, the webinar series. Each month we have a webinar, different topics. Um, and we bring the topics as we feel it's, um, it's enhancing everyone's uh, education and knowledge. Uh, we had uh, many topics on patients' uh, psychology, Uh, we had the topics on bracing, physiotherapy, surgery. So uh, many, many uh, recorded webinars available, I believe, from now over 40, 44. I think I'm adding another four speakers. So close to 50 speakers recorded presentations, and they're all experts in their field, available in the library of SSOL. So if you miss the live uh, monthly webinar, you can join through the, the library. We mm-hmm. also offer courses. So the fundamental courses, uh, which are uh, what you took, which called the introductory course, which is really a, a, a lot more than that than just introduction. Yeah. It goes into a, a great... Yes, I think you're underselling it. I think, yes, you, should, yes. I think you should change yeah. the name. <laughs> yeah, if you're thinking about fundamental... Uh, knowledge, but uh, it's definitely a, a huge amount of learning. Mm-hmm. I think everybody who treats or teaches any exercise to anyone should be taking that course. We also t- uh, allow everyone to come to the Leon Method uh, uh, Theory course, which is also a fantastic learning experience and many, many hours you can spend learning. 
Uh, we also offer practical courses, which is a, a SSO short course and also the Leon course. These are for physiotherapists to specialize in scosis specific physiotherapy and treatment for their patients. Mm-hmm. And then the Leon method also offers bracing education for orthotists. So it's right. a wide range of education you can reach. Uh, and we are very fortunate to be um, not just um, mentored, but appointed as teachers by Crystal Lennard-Schroth herself uh, after passing the 95 question exam, which uh, she gave uh, right. back in 2013. So since 2014, uh, um, we have the privilege to share her education around the world as she wished and asked us to do to share her method uh, which she mm. created with her mother and so proudly uh, shared with us and 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 mentored mentored me for five years personally so i was very fortunate it was she's really greatly missed i miss our email conversations <laughs> and and meeting in person but uh at um, least we can preserve her legacy by teaching her methods. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think her, isn't her son as well uh, still? Yeah, still so involved. many type of schools around the world teaching mm. Schrod-based education. So Dr. Weiss is uh, Krista Leonard-Schrod's son. He's using the best practice. He created a more simple, easy to learn uh, uh, six exercises for professionals. And also uh, his brace is a a new type of brace. Uh, There's also the German school still teaching uh, uh, courses, uh, which which I took in 2008 uh, in Asclepius Clinic in Basel-Bernheim. So they have new instructors who who also uh, teach around the world and then you have yes the- you were also on this back chat so we do have an interview with with the guys from there who are very fun they're very good <laughs> and then we also have a uh, uh, shroud based uh, education in uh, in uh, coming from spain the bsbts the cme method so those are all uh, spread out and branched out from the basic shroud education from crystal energy shroud so I hope I didn't miss any of them, but there's many, <laughs> many, uh, many educators around the world Brilliant. who are teaching yeah. their own way and they're adding their own uh, experiences. So, Margit uh, yeah. and I are very fortunate to teach here and uh, we are really enjoying to add our experience and what we learn directly from mm. and other educators. Well, I, I love that you're you're kind of connecting all the dots and you're you're bringing every everyone together because I think very often it it's it can be a little bit isolating and then you know it's there starts to be competition between two methods and one person says no this is how you have to do it the other person says no that's rubbish this is how you have to do it so I I, I love that you're um, giving a voice kind of to to everyone and and bringing bringing in all the the, the different methods obviously. Yes, so when you go in the library, you can uh, explore many, many well-established research methods as well. Uh, either they come from the shroud-based or, or other based. That clearly, uh, we had the CLAP method, the, uh, the RPG method represented. Uh, we had um, FITS, uh, you, you name it, <laughs> all mm. the PSSCs. We're going to have Dodomed, which is another Polish method coming 
in September, which will be very interesting. And I think what, with that, we covered all the methods uh, which are commonly known, um, not just uh, the published method, which uh, uh, Dr. Hagit Berdyshevsky and uh, Dr. Victoria Labelle, uh, my daughter, put together <laughs> as a seven schools back then in 2015 and 16. But since then, there's much more knowledge coming from uh, not just randomized controlled trials, but other professionals who we didn't know about back then. Mm. So uh, yes, at SSL, you can explore all the methods. There's not one right or wrong method. There's no such a thing. Every patient is different and every patient mm -hmm. will respond differently. Uh, you just have to find the right exercise and the right way of teaching the patients to do the mm -hmm. corrective exercise. And mm -hmm. I could say that even on an everyday basis, I use probably two or three methods myself with each patient I'm teaching. It's not a, a clear, uh, it's not a, a bag of knowledge what you can pull out what you really need for your patients so, mm. or your clients. So yeah. what do you learn the better understanding is about scoliosis and how to to help your clients and patients mm, i love that thank you so much thank you so much for your time i've um there's another there's one more question um i think we can squeeze it in if if if, if you're okay with that andrea yeah, sure uh, she is asking just is saying i have a winged uh, scapula um, it's it's kind of related to the brace um, for adults. I have a wing scapula because of my rib hump. Do you think one of those upper braces that pull the shoulders back would help, or should I avoid that? Just Again, it's very individualized. Yeah. Uh, uh, clearly, if you have that shoulder pulling back brace, it's going to pull both shoulders back. Yeah, um, it's not very ideal. I don't like that brace just because scoliosis is usually comes with a flat back uh, uh -huh. uh, condition as well. So the spine, obviously, I don't know this client. So no, um, and and the muscle imbalances are better to work on on that shoulder and obviously mm. the rib cage rotation, which is probably pushing your shoulder blade to wing, mm. uh, needs to be addressed by. Either yes. the short breathing uh, practices or other methods. So mm. I don't like to pull the shoulder back. It always pushes the head forward. Yeah, it's good always point. narrowing the rib cage. It's immediately that's a reaction. Uh, uh -huh. Maybe we can use some shoulder taping for proprioception on the right on your shoulder rather than using both shoulder for which doesn't need to be pulled back, and using some. Uh, muscle activations or some good technique of stabilizing oh, where are we? <laughs> <I'm not sure>. <laughs> <laughs> to stabilizing your shoulder girdle and the scapula in a better position mm -hmm. so it's a either you you treat it locally because of your aesthetics um, uh, or you you treat it globally because it is a, a sign and symptom of your scoliosis so you're going to have mm -hmm. to treat the actual cause, which is the scoliosis and the asymmetric uh, rib cage. Mm. Um, so that would be probably my best uh, quick answer. <laughs> quick answer. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Andrea. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, we've gone a little bit over, so I'm really thankful. But there was so much, so many golden nuggets there. So um, yes, and I think everyone is, is very happy. There's some thank yous coming in here. So um, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to um, to learn from you or to, to work well, with you? Well, can, you can always reach me personally at Scoliosis Physiotherapy at gmail.com if you have any questions or scoliosisphysiotherapy.com. That's my personal mm -hmm. website. It's not very updated, but I'll try to work on it. It's just not enough time, but you can always reach me through that. And you can always reach us also on ssolglobal at gmail.com if you're interested in learning more or taking courses, or you can visit the Scoliosis and Spine Online Learning. It's a long uh, name, .com, uh, our website. So yeah, uh, and I did put all the all the links as well in the description. So if you if you didn't catch that, then you can you can just click on the on the link as well. Thank you very much, Christine, for having me and uh, nice to meet your audience. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Stay on for, for a moment. But yeah, I'm just going to say goodbye to everyone else. Um, I'm off for the summer. I'm going to Italy on Friday, which I can't wait to have some time off. But we're going to be back with back chat in September. And I've actually got some guys from Italy on talking about the Leon method. Um, so that would be exciting. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.